This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area in April 1st, 2024. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Like, I'm literally, like, staring at the stock certificate right now. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up, back up. Uh-huh. You have the stock certificate? Yes. Oh, dear. Yes. You should not have stock certificates. You should own stock, but if you actually have the stock, and God forbid there was a house fire or that stock certificate yes. got destroyed. Yes. Oh, dear. Hello, and welcome to Planetials Podcast, Future Rich. I'm your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP, which stands for a Certified Financial Planner. And I am here with my guest today, Ruth. Hi, Ruth. Hi. Thanks for joining me. Of course. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. I also like the fake name Ruth, as I told you. I have a <laughs> dear friend named Ruth. That's awesome. Yeah, it's one of my one of my grandmother's names, so it's been passed around a lot. <laughs> I know. I have an older generation name too. So I always appreciate that. People always thought they'd be like, oh, I like your name, Barbara. My grandmother's name, Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Thank you. All right. Well, Ruth, tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, I am 31 years old and uh, me and my husband got married last year. Oh, congrats. Um, thanks. Um, now, that was a COVID wedding. Did you have, I just did a podcast. There'll be another episode you can listen to. And they did a Zoom wedding. And I was like, wait, 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 hold oh. on. What do you mean a Zoom wedding? <laughs> we, we talked about that, actually, maybe like having somebody to stream it. Uh, but we wound up just doing something really small. Um, well, as small as we could, because we both come from really large families. Um, but we're, we live outside of um, Austin, Texas. Oh, nice. And so we were able to have, uh, it was very hot because it's Texas and it was July. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It is hot in Texas. (laughs) But we were able to, we were able to have something small and outdoors and safe and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of actually a little bit of a, it's a weird way to put it, I guess, but a little bit of a blessing because I always wanted a small wedding and COVID kind of made it to be small no matter what. So so no other opinions on whether it could be bigger or not. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it kept it, it, kept it uh, less expensive too, which is 
difficult to do this day and age. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, wonderful. So 31 outside of Austin, Texas, married, newly married. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about what you and your husband do for work and your income. Yeah, so we're both in tech. So I am, as funny because we, we originally, we actually met working in a bakery and then we've both kind of just splurged off into like completely different areas. Um, so I'm like, I'm more on the software side. Um, I'm a technical consultant and I help with like implementation for my company okay. um, with clients. And then um, my husband is actually going through, he's a help desk with IT, but he's going through um, some certifications to try to um, like boost his income. So we were both kind of in the IT space. Oh, great. Perfect. And then, so then how much do you make and how much does he make? So right now I am making 78 a year um, plus bonuses, but I usually don't really factor those in until they actually come (laughs) Until you see (laughs) them. Yeah, they come through. And then my husband is making 45 right now. Okay, great. All right. And I just got a nice spreadsheet from you. Yes. Amazing. It's beautiful chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So where I normally like to start with budget, if that's okay. Okay. So you're bringing in 78, he's bringing in 45. Mm-hmm. So then we will start with, oh, I see the budget and then the actual. Yes. So <laughs> which one should I go to? Uh, I would go to budget because the actual is actually just us like tracking. Oh, so okay. Like halfway through the month, we can look and see like, oh, hey, like we have kind of overspent in this category. Yeah. Where, where do we get to go out to eat this week? (laughs) Did we already spend all that money? Um, So the July budget is a better tab to go to. Um, And then at the top, there's fixed expenses and then there's variable expenses. And then I have kind of like cash flow below that. Okay. So your, your total income coming in, is it 70? Yes. So it should be 76 monthly that we're taking home. 7,600 monthly take home. Perfect. I love monthly. I, you probably know from listening, I just love monthly. Yes. <laughs> I think because I started out with monthly income, like when I worked at Bloomberg, it was once a month. And so mm-hmm. I just got so used to doing everything monthly. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So 7,600 monthly is what you have coming in. Okay. So then we'll talk about what we have, your fixed expenses. So mm-hmm. we have your mortgage at, we'll just round that up to 1,900. Mm-hmm. And then we have electricity, water, trash at 200. Then we have cell phone, two cell phones, so about 155. Mm-hmm. And then car insurance, 166. And then internet, 56. Mm-hmm. And then sum that all up. And so with all of that, it's roughly, I'll just round up to about 2,500 a month. Yes. Perfect. And then we have the variable expenses. So mm-hmm. groceries, 400, eating out, 350, gas, 350, household goods, miscellaneous, I'll just say that's 400, extra activities, 500, car maintenance, so far zero, that's good, gifts, birthdays, pets subscriptions we won't go through every yeah um what's vacation charges so we typically we've started doing a thing where uh basically like five percent of our take home we're kind of setting aside for um for vacation 
And that was just like, we're going for our anniversary weekend, we're going somewhere. And so the charge just already happened. So we're like, instead of putting that 5% in the account, it was just kind of like a, a flag for me to be like, okay, this is how much we've, we're paying this month for it. If that makes sense. Yeah. How did you come up with 5%? I'm just curious. I don't really know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I was like wondering if you like read it somewhere or so you saw someone else doing it. I think I just had like a question mark of trying to figure out um, because we, so we, we got married and then um, immediately jumped into, so I didn't, I, my, my husband had some student loans and then uh, like a hospital bill payoff. And so we went straight from like pay for the wedding, pay for the honeymoon, pay off student loans and, and medical. And so we've mm-hmm. kind of just been like running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to do all that's that a good, stuff. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> So recently, that's one of the reasons like I, I wanted to kind of talk because it's like we went from having just like one main goal of paying that down and then putting money aside for emergency fund. And we're finally to a point where it's like, okay, like we don't have any debt other than the mortgage. And we don't have like, and we have a good chunk set aside for emergency fund. And so Perfect. I have a problem because I, um, <laughs> I have a problem because um, I followed for a very long time on a very limited income, followed uh, a very specific popular personal finance person when it comes to like staying out of debt and all that kind of stuff. And so I feel like because of how long I did that, it's difficult for me to uh, justify spending on Mm -hmm. (laughs) non-necessities. And since we are talking about starting a family Um, That was one thing as well that we were kind of talking about is just, you know, what are the things we want to do before we start a family and vacations was a big thing, actually going on some trips. And so we wanted to make it a higher priority. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to and you work to enjoy yourself too. You don't just work to stay home and save every dollar. I mean, some people do and it's good for a time, but you also need to enjoy yourself too. You know, tomorrow's not not a given. Exactly. So it was just kind of a number that we kind of threw out there. And then we had a, um, uh, we're supposed to be going to Seattle in September for a week. And so we kind of like came up with a number. It just kind of wound up falling together as about 5% of take home for now. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I just cur- I just, I haven't seen that before. So I just wanted to under- understand it. Yeah. It was just kind of a throw out number, I guess. But I think that's a great way to do it, to put it as a line item since you got, I do agree with you. I've always been in the habit of saving as well. And so when you have that discipline and you have that discipline for a long time, it's not something you can just turn off. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should, right? Because your life is going to change in that. And that discipline will help you long-term with your finances, but that's a smart way because it's a psychology play, right? You're tricking yourself mm-hmm. essentially by putting it as, as a, you're paying yourself for your vacation. So then that way it's easier for you to justify it as a, as a line item, which is I yes. think a great way to do it because exactly I like that a lot. I might adopt that myself. I think yeah. that will help me. I normally just call Natasha and ask her if I can spend my money. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. Like, I also realized that when I did go on vacation, like on our honeymoon, I was still like sitting there, like calculating how much stuff was costing instead of just, you know, enjoying myself. So it also helps, I think, just to be able to be like, you know what, we have all this cushion for vacation. We don't have to think about it. <laughs> we don't need, yeah, I'm here to enjoy it. Yeah, but it it is a really hard mindset to change once you're in it. And when you're in it for a while, it's hard to turn that off. 
Yeah, for sure. So perfect. Well, I, I like that a lot. Okay. So then with all of the that totals down here between your fixed expenses at 2500 and then your other expenses, which work out to be, if I'm correct here, about 4000 So the total is 6000 approximately. Mm-hmm. So we have left over, we'll just do ballpark numbers, about 1600 mm-hmm. Perfect. So then can I go, I'm going to go back over then to the net worth statement real quick. So you had you paid off all the student loans in full in February. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Thanks. We're really excited. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. And then your your one liability, your only debt really to speak of is your mortgage, which is actually a phenomenal debt because your mortgage rate is 3.25%. Yes. And that was one thing originally we had talked about is like once we get an emergency fund where we want it, like where do we throw our extra money? Mm-hmm. And one thing we had talked about is throwing it at the mortgage. But the more that I looked into it, the more I was like, our mortgage rate is like really low. Yeah. No, 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 do not. So I was like, that doesn't. And like most of our, I know it like kind of gets into the weeds of stuff, but I started like looking at like the percentages of where our, and it's like so much of our net worth is in the house mm-hmm. and not in investments. And that just generally kind of makes me nervous. So I was yes. like, eh. <laughs> I agree with you, especially with that interest rate, because you're getting a bit of a tax write off on that, right? Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning, it's more interest. It's a 30 year, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. I. You could always down the road, put a little bit of money at it. So you, you only have it for 20 years, which effectively takes the mortgage interest rate down. But at 3.25, that's a historically low rate. And as you see now with mortgage rates, they are climbing quickly. Yes, exactly. Well, and we just bought last year. You nailed it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it, we check that off as a win because yes. right now mortgage uh, applications are dropping because the rate has doubled in one year. Yep. It's insane. Yeah. No. So I agree with you. Um, we'll talk through your other assets here, but I mm-hmm. agree with you that putting, especially since, you know, I like, I love the idea that you have money allocated towards a vacation since you have no debt, you just have the mortgage, you have excess money every month. So we'll talk about putting that towards your other, your other goals mm-hmm. and then starting a family. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So can I ask, so we're going, I had everything lined out for your assets. So your current home, you have equity in it, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And did you do 20% down? So it was a little bit wonky because of how quickly the values of houses were going up last Mm -hmm. year that we wound up having to put in an offer like well above what the bank oh would appraise it at yeah so we would have had 20 percent down (laughs) (laughs) if like it was actually if the bank had like actually caught up to like the offer that we were making so it did wind up being five percent down Okay. Officially. And then the rest, we just kind of topped off with a cash down payment. Perfect. Yeah. Market's been crazy lately. It'll probably start to cool off now with these mortgage rates jumping. Yes. Yeah. And it definitely like we've got that money back and the value of it, but technically like we still have PMI for another year. Okay. And then it'll fall off. And then it'll fall off. Yeah. Cause you have to have it for two years apparently, which I was not aware of. They want to make sure they get their money out of it. Yes, exactly. Okay. And so then what's the line item underneath current home? 
the other property. Yeah, that's that's just a piece of property um, that my husband took over from his dad. Okay. So that's that's owned free and clear. We don't really have a plan for what we're going to do with it. And it's like an hour and a half, two hours away from where we live right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, it's but it just was, raw land. So no maintenance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's no, I mean, it could probably use a bow every so often, <laughs> but like it's right next to his, like his uncle's house. So it's just, it's like family property that kind of got passed around. <laughs> okay. Well, that's nice. You have it on this, on the balance sheet. And then you, we have a individual bank stock. So that's just a stock account. So no, it's actually a stock in a bank. <laughs> so this is one of the line points that I wanted to talk about too. So it's an individual stock okay. with a bank from my, uh, I think it's my dad's hometown that like it's stock that was handed down. Handed down. And it's just one company. So it's stock in yes. one company. Okay. It was just one. Company. And where is it held? It's held still with that company. Who's that the custodian sense. on it? The custodian? Usually there's a holder. The stock for the individual company isn't always held at the individual company. So if we have XY <laughs> Bank, then the XY Bank stock would be oftentimes held at what's called like a stock transfer company or custodian. What does it say on this statement? So we, I usually only like, it's a, I usually only get a statement like once a year. Like I'm literally like staring at the stock certificate right now. Oh, wait, 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 <laughs> back up, back up, back up. Uh-huh. You have the stock certificate? Yes. Oh dear. Yes. You should not ha- have stock certificates. You should own stock, but if you actually have the stock and God forbid there was a house fire or that stock certificate yes. got destroyed. Yes. Oh dear. So someone, someone just gave you the stock. Your, who gave you the stock certificate? Um. So I've been my like my family has been working with this company in some shape or form for like at least like the next last like twenty to thirty years. Oh wow. And so this stock certificate, I literally consolidated them because I had to change my name. Oh yes. They literally just emailed or not emailed. They literally just mailed it to me. And you, the bank that you own the stock in, so they don't have a transfer agent. So you direct, you went directly to the bank who yes. issued you the stock certificate, gave you yes. the change of name, and then issued you back new stock certificates in your new name. Mm-hmm. This is wild. Yes. <laughs> this is totally it's wild. Like, I have not like come a, across this in a long time. Yeah. Well, it's like a super, like, it's like a very small town, like, area bank essentially that my grandfather bought stock in years and years ago is it is it colorful they're usually very pretty yeah they are really pretty it's very green which i like so most people (laughs) don't realize that but anytime you buy stock when you buy it on the you know whatever trading account you use there's actual stock certificates and they're usually very pretty like for instance i think walt disney has one of the prettiest stock certificates Mm -hmm. um out there because you have all the Disney characters, well, not all, but you have a lot of the Disney characters that are sitting around Walt Disney himself on the stock mm-hmm. certificate. It's really cool. Like <laughs> cool. Winnie the Pooh <laughs> is on there. Um, Donald the Duck, Pinocchio, Mickey Mouse, Bambi. It's really, it's a really colorful and beautiful stock certificate. But nowadays, most of them are registered electronically so that you don't have the risk of holding it because that is the ownership in that company. And so 
if there's bad record keeping and you lose that stock certificate, it, it can be expensive and timely to try and prove your ownership in the company because you lost that record. So most yeah. of them are kept electronically. Yeah. So literally, we actually, uh, during the name change process, I actually went through that because there was one of them that I didn't, that I couldn't find. Mm -hmm. So luckily, they're really good with their records. And since it's a small town bank, like they knew my grandfather who invested, like all that kind of stuff. (laughs) So literally, I just had to say that I couldn't find it. And they were like, well, you're still on record as the owner. Owner. So yes, so they must be, it's called the transfer agent generally, who is in charge of tracking all the ownership. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because these past few months, I've been trying to prioritize my health as I recover from a nasty case of long haul COVID. I like that it takes the mental work out of getting my vitamins and supplements because with just one scoop of AG1, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's super simple to incorporate into my morning routine because there's virtually no prep required and it tastes great. Plus, it's cheaper than a fancy coffee habit. Another thing I like about Athletic Greens is that they are a climate-neutral certified company. If you want to give it a try, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So do they offer you an electronic option with them? I'm assuming not since they don't have a... No, I literally like there's been one person that I just email on a semi-regular basis when I need to manage things. Wow. So, and so yeah. it's not, is it publicly traded at this point? No, it's not. It's still privately held. That's why they probably don't have a transfer agent. Okay. That's what's the next question. Yeah. Interesting. Well, this is like a real first. (laughs) I don't know. This is is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because it is really strange and I I don't know how to like. Oh, dear. I I mean, it's an individual stock. So I guess it would be probably treated the same way as others but well the difference is it's privately held you can't just sell it Mm -hmm. that's why there's no transfer agent yeah well they they choose essentially like they choose when to hold like sales yep no because it's Um, because it's private (laughs) yeah exactly so they they offer a liquidation they'll have like a liquidation or redemption period where you can um trade it in or what's known as a liquidity event um, but it's not like, for instance, a name brand, we'll just use X, XYZ since I can't use a real company name, but where you go on online and buy and sell it. And so what we, what I've seen often, and just um, no one's ever seen my office because it's a podcast, but uh, for my <laughs> office waiting room, the waiting area is um, all framed stock certificates of companies who've gone out of business. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, because they're really interesting. If you if you just, you can Google stock certificates and you can look mm-hmm. at pictures of them and they're all like, we have a railroad company, we have brand union. Gosh, I'm just trying to think of some of the other ones. But uh, the reason I did it was because at the time you bought those stocks, they were all really good companies to invest in. And the concept of showing that in the waiting area is because you really have to pay attention. You can't 
just buy it and forget about it because all of those companies, which were great investments at that time, went out of business. But also it's really decorative because all the stock certificates are really pretty. They're so pretty. <laughs> they're so pretty. <laughs> they're just so pretty. They look so pretty framed. Um, they're all voided. Like they're, you know, obviously the companies are defunct, like non-existent, mm-hmm. but it is really cool. You can look up any um, stock certificate and you can see what the stock certificate looks like and what the pictures are. And so that's how we decorate our office, kind of to stay in line with personal finance. But you <laughs> really have thrown me for a loop because I have not come across <laughs> someone owning, holding a physical certificate, because that's what it is. Mm-hmm for a private company um, mm-hmm. that's so that's gone generations, right? So this mm-hmm. is your third generation holding this investment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I actually have gone through the process of, of selling portion, a portion of the stock whenever we were looking to buy a house. Okay. Um, so I have gone through that process before and they do have, it's kind of gone through a number of, since it is like the company itself is a bank. Um, I have noticed that a lot of their, like, uh, I guess, trends follow a lot of, like, the mortgage trends. Okay. So, like, in 2008, when everything was going down, like, they just froze. Like, nobody could sell it. Got it. So, but typically, once a month, they'll hold, like, an auction for the stocks. So, on a typical, regular basis, we have an opportunity to, like, to sell the stock. So cool. So what are you thinking with it? So I've been kind of jumping around with it a little bit. Um, so it does a couple of things is that it, it has been consistently returning a dividend. Okay. So just about every year and luckily, usually right before Christmas. Um, <laughs> conveniently get, timed. Very conveniently timed. Uh, we get there's like a cash dividend that comes in. Um, and that's usually like a dollar per share. And then there's also been a 5% increase in the amount of, of stock. So it's been like, it's been pretty steadily like, going up over time. Yeah, exactly. Growing. And then also the, like the sell price of the stock has been going up over time. So it's not, it's been a pretty, like from my understanding, it's been a pretty good and secure investment, investment. but it does just make me really nervous because one, it's not super liquid correct and two it's all in one place (laughs) correct all all very good observations yes and so for a while I've been wanting to like look into diversifying it and so I guess that's kind of where I'm trying to figure out so what I've been thinking is maybe starting next year just to start selling off like 20% of it a year or you can even and yeah, just do something a little. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Just to start pulling it out. Um, so the, the value is 105. I think it's really neat that it's been in your family for three mm-hmm. generations. So there's nothing wrong with keeping some of it. But I do agree that if you were to look at your net worth and the percentage, mm-hmm. which you have accurately marked here, it is a yeah. large percentage, especially exactly. if you take out your home, mm-hmm. right? That bumps that percentage up significantly. So if you were to walk into someone's office with that amount of money and they said, I have one great company. We should put it all yes, in there. You'd be like, absolutely not. not. <laughs> so it's, I think it would be prudent to diversify yourself a little bit yeah. and just, you can just do it gradually. 
as you said, it has a history of growing, it has a good dividend. Those are all positive. So I wouldn't get rid of the whole thing, but you could just diversify yourself a little bit. Because what I think would be great, I'm looking at your other, besides the, the bank stock. Wow, that is so interesting. <laughs> I wish we could put a picture of it, of the stock certificate and just like X out the company name and your name <laughs> for like the this podcast episode. So cool. Um, but then you also have um, your, you have a Roth and a traditional IRA for 32,000. Mm-hmm. Um, your husband has a Roth IRA for just under a thousand. You have your work 401k for 13,000 and he has his work 401k for. So he has two right now. Two. Um, so yeah, there's one that. from a previous job that's Got roughly it. the 8,000. Um, and okay. we are in the process of trying to get that transferred over to his current. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So you just have one for Exactly. And then you have a good amount on hand for cash. So you have 15,500 for cash. Mm-hmm. And then you have your um, HSA, which is 3,600. And then you have your vacation fund, which I love just under 2000 and then a new car fund for 1500. Mm-hmm. So with everything, including the home assessed amount, your net worth is 663. And then if you you're taking out your liability amount, it's 403. And let's just take it out. So technically, I'm just, can I, I'll just delete this for a minute. Copy it, delete. So if you took out your home as a asset and we looked at all of your savings, mm-hmm. you have 268,000. Mm-hmm. Only reason I'm doing that is because so technically you don't count your home. It's you can count it, but if you met with a CFP, they wouldn't count it because you're living in it. Gotcha. So it's not, it's a non-performing asset at the moment. Gotcha. But the nice thing is it's, they've gone up so much. So that then when you, if you take out your home current value, that really bumps up how much you have in one stock, right? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> it gets it to like 33, 35%. Um, okay. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. You're doing 3% towards your work 401k. So that's the match. So Got it. I, okay. we put in, um, it's like, it's 50% of what we put in up to 3%. So right now I'm putting in 6%. My company is matching Perfect. 3%. Perfect. So 9% for you. And then what about your husband? He gets 1%? Yes. So he's putting in right now, he's putting in 1% and getting the 1% match. And then you're also with the leftover money that you have monthly, you are, man, I really got distracted with that stock certificate. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Really threw me for a loop. That I, you must be the first person in in two hundred episodes that <laughs> has this situation. This is why the podcast is so fun. You never know. You just yeah. never know what's going to happen. So you put put um, money in your emergency fund every month, mm-hmm. and then see retirement. Okay, here are the contributions. Yeah. So this was this month, and this is actually um, the numbers based off of the bonus because I usually get my bonus in July. Okay. Um, so typically we're putting um, three sixty into. Um, right now we have it set up to just to put into my husband's Roth. Um, since he's a little bit behind on the okay. uh, retirement savings. Um, so that way it's just easier to just throw it into one. Um, yeah. But that should be, I ran like the numbers with the percentages and everything. And, and basically to hit 10%, we needed to put in, I think it's 3.5% extra mm-hmm. of our take home, or excuse me, not of our take home. I was doing it based off of our, um, our gross. Gross, okay. 
yeah, so 3.5% of our gross, which I think is 10,250 10, gross a month is around like 360. And so that brings it to where we're for retirement total between our 401ks and the Roth, we're putting about, we're putting 10%. 10% of your gross in. Yes. Perfect. Now, you know what I like to do, right? What's that? I always like to bump up retirement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to make sure you knew that was coming. <laughs> Well, I think how can we that's, how can we pump up retirement? I love retirement. Yeah, well, that's one. So there's a couple of things. Like ultimately, I would love to be able to get us up to fifteen percent. Okay. Um, but with our some of our other goals, at least for like short term. Yep. Um, I was kind of going back and forth about that, and so um, just because that would take up a good portion of kind of our our leftover. So I think okay, that talk, would be another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk me through it. What if we just bumped it up like 2%? So that would be, well, I was thinking about maybe making it so we're like essentially aiming to max his out every year. Mm-hmm. So that would be sure. like 500 a month. Yep. That's one thing. Now, um, because if you start to sell, well, here is kind of what I was thinking as well, mm-hmm. is if you start to sell a little bit of this stock, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you did 10%, you could take, you know, 8% and invest it into, or really six, so let's just use round numbers. Mm -hmm. So if you take a 10,000 a year out of the stock that is brought down generationally, which is pretty cool from your family, Mm -hmm. and then 6,000 of that, I would put in your, your Roth. It's from your family money. Mm -hmm. You put that in your Roth IRA, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other 4,000 you could put into your 401k, which would reduce your taxable income. Yeah, for sure. So that then that was the thing I was trying to figure out, like, as we sell it off, do we just like try to invest it into like a regular investment account, or funnel it into retirement, or use it to kind of like top off some of our like more short term goals, like all I even thought about like selling it and putting it into the house, but I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> no, no, I don't. You know what I would like? I, I think to kind of honor that it's from your family. I think if you took it 6,000 out a year, it should mm-hmm. actually make that. That's like kind of your gains on it. Even mm-hmm. if 6,000 went into your, into your Roth IRA, I mean, that could be invested however you want. That could just still invest it, just diversified. Yeah. And then it's tax sheltered the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. I would take six thousand from the bank stock and put it in your in in your. I would keep it in your wealth just because it's from your family. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just cleaner that way. Mm-hmm. And then if you wanted to do a, sell more than six thousand from it, I would put it into the four hundred one k and lower your taxable income or put it towards another goal. But I kind of like the idea of putting it towards the future. I mean, that has always been right. Yeah. That's been yeah. money that hasn't been put has been always left for later. So I kind of like the idea of staying with that tradition, but just being prudent with it and having it more diversified, but still leaving it as a long-term investment. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that's a thing. So I've had it since, so my grandfather passed when I was like eight months old. So Mm -hmm. it was like slowly passed, like my grandmother kind of like slowly wrote it off to grandchildren, like as she got older. Um, So I've had it for a really long time. And then when I was full-time food service for like 10 years Um, and I didn't have extra money to put aside for retirement in my mind it was always like okay that's there to grow for later because I can't put anything aside you know right now but that's what that's there for so I think that would also kind of honor like the fact that it's always kind of been in that bucket in my head (laughs) yeah I I would definitely 
definitely keep it in that bucket because here's what happens. If it gets, so let's say you funnel 6,000 a year for in theory, the next, what is it? Let's just say 30 years, 6,000 years for the next 30 years. There's 180,000 that ends up in a Roth, right? Mm -hmm. Just with contributions, not even with growth. And if the other monies go towards, or even if, let's say you still end up with 100,000 because you're just taking the gains out of that account and we still have the Roth IRA. And then when you get to be down the road then and that one bank stock helped you put more money in the 401k, helped you fund, fully fund a Roth every year and you still own it. And let's say at that point you're in a good spot and then you can do something nice for your kids like your grandparents did for you. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Or for your grandkids, you can keep it kind of in that family line mm-hmm. by keeping it as long term. Awesome. Okay. So I think it's nice to honor the tradition. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's one of those things. Like my my family has always been very family oriented. So like, and I'm so I'm I'm one of six kids. My husband is one of seven. Oh, wow. <laughs> So obviously they love, they love children and I have 13 nieces and nephews and he has 11. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, Big family of gatherings. Yes. Very large family gatherings. And like my grandmother was always like very, she had 11, she only had two kids, but she had 11 grandchildren. And so oh my gosh. it was always <laughs> something that was very valuable to her. So it's pretty awesome to kind of like see that kind of funnel down and to be able to like be a good steward of it. And yes, no, <laughs> I totally agree. I think taking 6,000 a year and putting it in a Roth IRA, cause it's still invested, right? It's just meaning it doesn't pay tax yeah. after it stays in there. So I would do 6,000 in the Roth and then you could do another, if you're going to do 10,000 a year, or even if you did less than 10,000 a year, so you keep some in there, then the other, let's say 3,000 or 2,500, I would put into the 401k. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. And then that way that will all continue to grow. And I, I like if it grows in like that, you know, trifold mm-hmm. 401k Roth, and then you keep some of the bank stock and then you can decide what you want to do for the next generation. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. And keep that stock certificate in like a fireproof box, please. Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally bought that. a safe a couple of years ago. Like it's just one of those like teeny ones that you can like move around, but it's fire safe because I was like, okay, good. Is, it, most likely we would be fine because they, they have been good they about keep keeping good records, records yeah. but I don't want to rely on that solely, so... For the longest time, I was in a safety deposit box, but I'm not that much. Oh, of that's an adult. good too. That's good too. <laughs> I'm not that much of an adult yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting there. Oh my gosh! Well, I did. I answer all your questions. So there's there's one additional, or actually, there's a couple that kind of go okay. together. So our main focus has been building up that emergency fund. Yes. Um, and now essentially what I'm like, what we're trying to do since we've hit that um, 15,000, which is six months of our fixed expenses yep. um, and a little over four for like our very bare bones budget and fixed expenses. Um, I'm the type of person that will just like continue saving money for emergencies to a ridiculous amount. Um, So I'm trying to figure out kind of like how to bucketize a couple of other things. So we've been talking about starting a family. 
Um, and then also we are going to need a car replacement pretty soon because okay. my husband is driving a 2003. So, <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm just trying to figure out. And right now I'm like also maxing out that HSA, which in my mind has been, is kind of like baby medical savings. Yeah. Um, but essentially what's in there now would cover one year of my deductible. So I don't know whether I should continue putting that much in it and, or whether I should kind of pull that back and just start like, I just, I'm done to figure out how to like prioritize these different buckets. I don't know what it will cost from it, from your HSA standpoint Mm -hmm. um, to have a, a baby, if you'll go, you'll need more in there beyond the deductible. I'm just not sure. Yeah. It's insurance specific. Yeah. So, so I would do a little digging to kind of come up with that target number. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you have enough in the HSA, then you could dial that back and then put more into, you could add like a baby fund into there because gotcha. you, you have the new car fund. So mm-hmm. I would keep saving. You can never have too much cash, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, you can have too much gas. We've seen that. But it, <laughs> with what for the amount that you're saving, I don't think you'll end up with too much cash is probably a better way to save it because it's good to have that buffer that you have six months. I think it's good. You're going to need a car. So you're going to need, you'll need more cash for that. When you have a baby, they're expensive. And then God forbid anything breaks on the house. That's yeah. expensive. Yeah. So I think getting the buffer up even higher is fine. So even if you had 30,000 in cash, I think that would be fine with the expectation that you own a home, you might have a child in the near term and you need a car. Okay. So that's more of like the, when you're saying that 30,000, that's more of like a total number. Total between that, the vacation, no, sorry, not vacation. You should still take vacation. (laughs) That's between your emergency fund and new car. So if we brought that up, that's like 16, 17,000. So you, I would keep saving till you got closer to 30. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, I've kind of started creating like different buckets, like separate savings accounts for the different buckets. And we usually wind up like we have a couple like the, that dividend check that's coming at the end of the year. And then my husband is going to sell his scooter. Like we just have a couple of kind of like windfalls. And so in my brain, I'm just trying to figure out, I'm like, okay, well, where do we where, where do we stuff it? You know, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all there. So if something happened, we could obviously pull from different buckets. Yeah, exactly. So I would just separate it out because you're going to need more in the new car fund, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you put like five to 10 in there, depending, because I didn't, you don't have a car payment now. So it would be nice to not have yes. a car payment. And then yes. you'll definitely <laughs> need money in the baby fund because mm-hmm. they're expensive, those little ones. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's kind of what I was thinking is that like for now, since we're in a pretty good spot with emergency fund, like we will continue putting a little bit Mm -hmm. in there every month, but then focusing more on building up the new car fund, since that is probably the the most likely next thing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And then like maybe start a baby fund with even if it's just like 50 to 100 bucks every month, just throwing it in there. And then if we were to get pregnant, we can kind of flip the priorities and yeah, exactly. As much money into baby as possible. Exactly. But yeah, I think six months is, is good um, for the emergency fund and then working on the other ones. And then you can just say, okay, you know, we're not spending as much or the car's still going. So we're not going to do that, but we're pregnant. So we're going to focus on that. You know, you'll yeah. prioritize it as need be, but yeah. especially owning a house and then needing a car in the near term and having a family, I think you could still continue to bulk up on the, the cash. 
on the cash savings. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because if you end up not needing it all, right? Like if you end mm-hmm. up having a little bit of excess, then you just put a little bit more towards retirement. Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, and that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking is that, um, you know, we've kind of since paying off the debt and then, you know, building up emergency savings, we've kind of been so focused on, on saving the last like year or two. And so, once we hit some of these goals, knock on wood, as long as nothing, you know, crazy blows up or something, um, then like, as of next year, like we're going to have a lot more, like we'll have kind of that, that safety net and we can, you know, when we have extra money, it's easier for us to throw it into retirement or up our 401k percentages and things like that. Exactly. Yep. I, I agree completely. Excellent. Okay. Well, very good. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Ruth. Thank you for having me. This was really helpful. Oh, good. I'm happy to hear that. And for all of our lovely listeners, you can check us out on Instagram for the most up-to-date information. Our username is Future Rich Podcast, and you can check us out online at Podcast. And if you like our podcast, we would love if you could rate and review us. You can rate us on Spotify and rate and review us on Apple. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.